Hello, babies. It is freaking November. How? How do we get here so quickly? And, you know, I'm trying not to get caught up in those end of the years, what have you done thoughts that make you feel like you're a failure or that like you just haven't accomplished anything. And honestly, so far, so good. But I do have to admit that I have started counting down the months to my birthday in April and trying to figure out how many pounds I can lose by then. I'm not very proud of that, but every day we are learning and unlearning a lot of things, okay? So I'm trying to just give myself grace for those thoughts. I'm also trying to figure out how I want the upcoming year to look for me. Not necessarily New Year's resolutions. It's still too early for that. And honestly, I've kind of given up on New Year's resolutions anyway. But I do want to know what I should make as priorities for the upcoming year. I don't know. It's just a lot of thoughts in my head right now. But I also know that I am super, super ready for Thanksgiving and turkey and dressing, which is my favorite thing. Like it's top five of my favorite foods. And I'm also going to try an old school recipe that like the aunties and the grandmamas used to make at my church. I've never made it because, I mean, I feel like you got to be like a specific type of old country Southern woman to make this turkey and dressing. But I'm going to try it and see if I can make it taste anything like my childhood memories. It's going to be an adventure. Not too long ago, I went on a date with this guy. You know, it, it was it was a nice date. It went from dinner to breakfast to almost lunch with a lot of adult snacking in between. You know what I mean? Do you get it? Adult snacks? Get it? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay. You know, and it was a pretty solid date, but he kept asking me, what do I do when I'm not working? What do I do in my spare time? What do I do for fun? And it was clear that he wanted me to say that I was doing productive things, that I was always doing something that had an end result to it. He's a blue collar guy and he cannot keep still. Like he has to be doing something all the time. So when he's not at work, he's tinkering on his cars or his neighbor's cars or like doing odd jobs for his family and friends and things like that, which is great. I love that. I'm really attracted to that kind of energy, but it is not me, okay? It is not me at all. My leisure time is full of stillness. I read. I listen to music. I'm just, like, vibing out. My day has purpose from, like, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. when I force myself to stop checking emails. And then after that, I need the aimlessness of the rest of my day. I need the rest of my day to be purposeless. That brings me to my very special guest today. I'm sure you've heard podcasters extraordinaire Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings before. They started for Colored Nerds, which morphed into The Nod, and now they're bringing back for Colored Nerds, and I cannot wait for it. Eric and Brittany do deep, colorful, enriching, and funny dives into elements of Black history and culture and news, and they truly do it like no one else can. Today, we're going to talk about the pleasure of wandering aimlessly, coloring a little bit outside the lines, and what it means to be friends who work together. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Just like how we get our cars serviced to prevent bigger issues down the road, therapy is like routine maintenance for your mental and emotional health. And BetterHelp offers customized online therapy with video, phone, and even live chat sessions. That means you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. 
Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this is good for you listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash thisisgood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash thisisgood. I'm Brittany Luce. And I'm Eric Eddings. And uh, together, we are the co-hosts uh, for Colored Nerds, which was the podcast we launched all the way back in 2014. Uh, and it's coming back very soon, next week, in fact. Oh, I am so excited. What is For Colored Nerds? For Colored Nerds is a weekly Black culture podcast co-hosted by Eric and I. It's like the intersection of like pop culture, news, politics, race, and everyday life. Like we're we're peeling back the layers of Black culture and having those conversations that we don't often have in mixed company, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> and if you're meant to get it, then you'll get it. Exactly. And if you don't, that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I had the honor and pleasure of being, I believe, the last guest of For Color Nerds in its original iteration. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited to be uh, having y'all on the show to welcome in this new iteration. Will there be anything a little different about it? Um, yeah. So expect you know, more guests, uh, more amazing guests like how you were. Uh, more games, some of the segments that we used to play on, on a couple of our other shows, The Nod, which you might be familiar with. So yeah, a lot of it will be familiar and there'll be some you know, a sprinkling, a peppering of uh, kind of new, new hotness to uh, hopefully make everybody appreciate it. <laughs> I love it so much. What we're going to talk about today, Brittany likes to wander. And I'm adding mm-hmm. in aimlessly. She didn't say aimlessly, but I'm adding in aimlessly. You're right. And <laughs> and Eric is very big on coloring yes. on your iPad and looking back at some of those old comics that you used to look at and then doing like a remix of them or putting your own spin on them. And I love both of those because you don't necessarily have a destination in mind. It really is that it's the journey. It is really about just like the experience of everything. Uh, so, Brittany, how did you realize that walking with no real purpose was it for you? I think my my love for like wandering, walking with no real purpose <laughs> started probably like in 2007, 2008. In the summer, like between I think my sophomore, junior, junior and senior years of college, I was an intern in New York City. And especially that first summer, I was interning two days a week. And the other five days a week, I worked at the Gap, (laughs) a Gap that doesn't even exist anymore on Fifth Avenue. And so like, I didn't really have money. I didn't really have a fake ID. So I couldn't really go a lot of places or do a lot of things. (laughs) And New York is such a beautiful city. And like, I think iPods had recently come out. So it was like, I could like walk wherever I wanted to go. The weather was beautiful. Um, I was living in Manhattan, which is really on a grid. And so it's like, you always can kind of figure out where you are for the most part in Manhattan. So like either I would um, like get up in the morning before my shift and sometimes like walk from home, like up in like Morningside Heights all the way down to 17th Street and Fifth Avenue, or I would get off work early uh, and decide to like sort of wander my way back home. And once I moved to New York permanently, I suppose, 
almost 10 years ago, that was something that I would do a lot. I was living in Harlem for a couple of years. And so I was I was working in Midtown. So I would get off work sometimes. And I don't know, something about just like being sort of like on the 18th or 35th floor in a building and only seeing buildings and sometimes not really seeing that many other people. <laughs> and, you know, also too, I love to talk on the phone as Eric knows. So like <laughs> you couldn't get phone service back then on the train. Okay. Not that I talk on the phone on the train. You would if you could. <laughs> I have morals. Thank you. I have, I have standards. <laughs> but yeah, I would, you know, sometimes just like get on the phone with a friend who I hadn't talked to in a while. And I don't know, after spending all day in an office, I didn't always feel like walking downstairs and getting into a tube underground and then going all the way home. I like the idea of like, you can, when you go wandering, you really rarely ever do the same walk twice if you're just led by your curiosity. Especially like, I don't know, like when you read, like I like to um, sometimes read memoirs of people who've lived in New York City, like in previous periods. And like, I like kind of seeing the landmarks that they talk about, like clubs that they played at or restaurants that they've eaten at. And it kind of it helps to build out your mental picture of like what they're describing. So I would say New York City specifically. There, I think there's other cities maybe like that too. But New York is a great city for like giving your own self-guided history tour as well. I like that. I like that literary walking tour of New York City via memoir. That's really nice. Okay. As the winter approaches and the sun goes down at 10 a.m. or something. Um, I will try. <laughs> I will try to do more walking. So Brittany has a kind of active leisure hobby here, but Eric, you are more of a I'm going to be still with myself kind of person. Talk to me about that. So like I am somebody who I suffer from anxiety or I deal with anxiety, a pretty fairly high level of it. Uh, you know, I just I for a long time I just knew myself to always kind of be stressed. For what's worth, I'm sure if you ask Brittany and any of our other <laughs> friends in our social circle, they would be like, yes, he is stressed. And it was one of those things like I entered therapy to start to try to like navigate that. And, you know, that has helped a lot. But as it stands right now, I basically everybody in my life has been telling me I kind of need to put a bit more focus into kind of managing that into that stress. And so I've been trying to find smaller things that I can do just to kind of bring me back to center before it's worth I started. Uh, meditating, which is not a thing, you know, if you knew me five years ago, I would ever probably <laughs> consider I take the occasional walk. I just take like 10 minutes to breathe, but it wasn't until I actually pretty recently, like very recently, uh, like a, about a month ago, I got a new iPad and the iPad, like the pencil. Mm-hmm. And I happened to download a coloring app and, you know, I was thinking, oh, this could be a thing I'll do every now and again. And the first time I started doing, it, I was like, oh, wow, this is different. Like this takes me out of my head immediately. I literally could not focus on anything else but coloring this page. And so like for me, with the type of anxiety I've had, it's always like racing thoughts. My mind is always actually processing, trying to process, at least it's not doing any of them well, but it's trying to process like three to four different things at a time. And it's like, it just makes me really like tired and fatigued. And so when I'm coloring, I noticed like, oh, wait, I can only actually focus on the pencil, the page I'm looking at, and how much of the color I want to be in each place. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the biggest, I think, like light bulb moments I've had in a long time. Like my chest started to loosen up. You start to get a little excited once your page is starting to come together. And soon after that, I 
it was like, okay, how far can I take this? And I found this, it's called Marvel Color Your Own. And uh, they have this app where you can actually color uh, real comic book pages or comic books that they have kind of selected and curated. And once I got in there, it kind of took it to another level because I grew up kind of really into comic books and superheroes. And I still love it today, but it's not a thing I have as much time to engage. Hmm. And so going back to the, you know, some of the books that I actually read as, you know, a preteen or like when I was around like 10 and coloring them, it almost feels like there's a bit of closure, Mm. uh, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just the closest to like, oh, this is what meditation is that I've come to in a long time. And I'm just really appreciative for it. And yeah, it's like, not to like reduce it, but like, I would have never thought this would be the thing that helped me really kind of manage my stress. Mm. I have a couple of adult coloring books Mm -hmm. and they're just like really cheesy, like, vampires and um, (laughs) some mythological stuff. And of course, obviously, you know, even though they're blank pages, right, with just black and white outlines, obviously these people are still supposed to be white. And so I take immense pleasure in coloring these fairies and vampires, all sorts of tans and ebonies Mm. and and browns and things like that. Are you doing that as well? Kind of remixing these pages and making them more like for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, same thing. Like, you know, I grew up like the only X-Men we had was Storm and Bishop. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like those are two (laughs) that all the Black folks were rooting for. Uh, And then, you know, most of my, my favorite comic superhero was spider-man and like you know spider-man has uh, up until recently thankfully has almost always been you know a, a white guy so yeah I, like one of the things i found that is actually hardest for me is getting skin tones the way i want because i'm always changing them from what they quote unquote started as cyclops was another one of my favorite characters growing up you know i'm trying to make cyclops black and i'm like wait i want the shading kind of different but I should also preface, I have no artistic ability whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm sorry, that is a very important thing to understand. So this is like my pages. They look nice. They look solid. I, they look good. You showed me one the other day. It looked good. Give yourself some credit. Okay. I, I give myself a little bit of credit, but like there's a lot that I have to learn, which also I think adds to the draw. But yeah, I'm trying to kind of envision this character in my mind. There's so many shades of black, you know, being black. And like trying to actually like pick one and be like, okay, this is what it's going to be. And to make it look as real as possible is a challenge. But it's also one that when I finally get there, even if it's a little off, I feel good about it. Cyclops was black for a day. You know, that's a, that's a great, that's a great thing for me. It's weird like how something so small feels kind of powerful when you think about that little kid who wanted something a little different and then couldn't get it. Being able to kind of make it that way. Uh, mind you, there were coloring books before. I could have engaged that a long time ago. But uh, it feels nice to be able to kind of pick it back up right now. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a firm believer in things find you when you need them the most. What I like about what both of you have told me, it seems like both in walking and then in sitting with these pages, it's very easy for you to get lost and just as easy for you to return to yourselves. Mm. So you can get lost walking around in the neighborhoods, but you know that, you you know, you could easily figure out how to get back to wherever you needed to go. Sitting down with these pages, you forget about your day, you're able to process, and then just as easily you can blink and be back into the things that you need to do, putting the dishes uh, in the sink or like whatever, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And so I wonder, like, 
how important is it for both of you to give yourself permission to get lost for the day? Mm, It's really important. I am trying to be more intentional about holding space for that. It's weird. It's like coloring, wandering. They're both these things that you can kind of do. Like you said, you can kind of do them absentmindedly. It's kind of something that you do just to occupy your hands or occupy your body so that like your brain can kind of just rest. But even still, I find that I have to schedule it Mm. (laughs) or else it won't happen. It's like a very sort of like freewheeling thing. But if I don't like actually reserve the time, then it won't happen. So it's very important, but it's really easy to like make excuses for like why you can't do it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say for me, it's pretty, I won't lie. It's pretty urgent feedback. I often get in therapy. It's like a lot of times when my mind is racing is because it thinks so many things are, are extremely urgent. So like I'll have a thought and my mind is desperate to hold on to that thought. There's a feeling if I don't take care of it, something really important is going to slip. So, you know, my, my therapist and, you know, I also, <laughs> I also talked to like, like a, not quite a life coach, but just like a, I have smart person who's been working for a long time. Uh, who tells me what to do in some regard. And uh, they both were basically like, hey, well, you know, nothing is like so urgent that you're not important and how you're doing is not important. And so taking the time to slow down and color, which, you know, I'm not posting my pictures anywhere. It's not like, it's not a thing I'm doing for any purpose, but to do it is really nice for like slowing me down to allow thoughts to come in my head and then to to leave again. And that practice of like staying centered, slipping up a little bit and then coming back to it is ultimately one of the things I'm trying to like emulate when I don't have the coloring. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome that you picked up on that. Thankfully, it means I'm, it means I'm doing what, I, what I'm supposed to. But, uh, <laughs> but also, yeah, it, it just it's one of those things like it really helps me, really helps me like have the pace that I need to get more comfortable with. And I like what you said about you're not sharing your art, you know, you're not posting it on social media or anything like that. And Brittany, I would assume the same for you. Like if you even track, I don't even know if you even track like how many miles you walk today or how many steps. I don't actually. It's purely like there's no metric attached to it. It's just like my curiosity is the guide. I like that. That also stands out to me for both of you because it is something that is just for you. You're not trying to get kudos from your family and friends, your loved ones. You're not trying to necessarily motivate someone else, which would be great, of course. And maybe that's part of what we're doing here, talking about it. But still, it's just like this is strictly for you. And I love that because so often we we have gotten to a point where if I don't screenshot it, it didn't happen, Mm. you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I don't post it, if I don't put it in the close friends, if I don't, you know, put it on the grid, it didn't happen. Are those conscious decisions for both of you? Eric and I, we don't end up putting a lot of things on Instagram, I think, as a just a matter of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it just feels like such a sacred private thing that I would only want to maybe share it with people that I was connected to in real life as opposed to like posting it online. Mm-hmm. And then also too, and then people start when they want to tell you where to walk or what you, how you should have colored it, mm-hmm. what they would have done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the the exercise is supposed to be checking in with me. Like I am the type of person like, you know, I mean, I wake up in the morning, I'm trying to immediately make a plan for what I need to do and all the things I need to get done. You know, I'm married, I have a daughter. 
And so like, I'm, you know, I have family responsibilities. I also am trying to like engage and responsibility sounds like very uh, like pain, but you know, just things that you need to do to like keep your life running. And the thing that I don't always do is prioritize checking in with myself. Even with things like watching TV, often I'm like, oh man, I wonder if that, why did they do this? Or could this be an episode? Or like, I'm thinking about, you know, even with music and a lot of that stuff, I'm still using my critical brain. And so like, the awesome thing about coloring is the fact that it's, you know, not secret, but it is just for me. But I don't think there's an episode for Colored Nerds in our future about revisiting old Marvel <laughs> comics that I have colored. I have tried, you know, maybe a couple times to think that through. I don't think it's coming. Uh, but yeah, it's this thing that I, I can enjoy. It focuses me inward. It allows me to check in with myself to do something that just makes me happy in a very small way. And then that's it. And like, I'm trying to engage those things more that are just for me. And also just sometimes check the reflex that we can build to share something. Because like, why, 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 you know, why do I need to do that? What is this thing that other people's comments or interactions um, providing me? And is there a way that I can do a better job of providing that for myself? I'm so glad we actually got to talk about this. We never get, we usually get asked about like workplace racism. We don't usually get asked about what we do to return to our spirit. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It's very, very true. Well, I was like going to like pop a little bit of that in and just the way both of you in these pursuits, you know, these leisurely passions are also kind of mirroring some things that have happened in your professional careers where you are pushing against expectations, pushing against status quo. uh, And you're just kind of like, no, this is for me. This is what's best for me. And I'm going to put my foot down and make this happen. So I don't want to go on a morning walk and just like have my coffee and look at the same old buildings. No, I don't want to create this beautiful masterpiece of artwork or recreate something that someone has already done in the exact same way that they've done it. I'm going to put my spin on it so you all have done that in your professional lives as well where you're just like I'm not going to put up with what you're telling me I have to put up with I never even thought about that that's really astute that you picked up on that yeah I, I, I would say you're pretty spot on like you know I've, I've been in a lot of environments uh, a lot of work environments where you know the creative product like I would work intensely hard to get it to a point where I and my team was happy with it And then it had to kind of be contextualized in this larger context, like, you know, for the company. And I was always like, "Hmm, I don't know how y'all are really looking at at the stuff that we're doing, you know, that that makes me as happy or in that process of making it. And so just in general, like, I think freeing myself to know that if it's a thing that I am making, um, a creative product that I'm making, like me being happiest with it, like that's the end goal. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. That is a thing it's it's sadly it's taken me some time to come around to. But man, I say it feels a lot better. It absolutely does. <laughs> Sitting in that space now, for sure. You know, I think also too, you know, when you go to work, you're kind of dealing with this situation where somebody's always coming behind you and checking your work or trying to tell you how you can say something or if anyone's gonna care, or you know, there's all these opinions. And for me, that was actually, that made it so that I didn't trust my own judgment. I was like, I think this would be interesting, but let me think about all, you know, the dozens of other times that someone tried to intercept as I was having an idea, as I was developing a thought. And so then I just began to do that to myself. And 
I think I started like becoming overly cautious of all of these rules that existed. And now that I had more opportunities to express myself without having the eyes over the shoulder, you know, I can see it come through in my own work. I can see how much over the past couple of years I've grown to take an interest in my own ideas again and to trust that interest. Two, three years ago, it just wasn't really a possibility. What I admire about you both is that you have overcome those professional challenges and kept your friendship intact. Yeah. I think a thing that is, because our, our kind of professional career has been complicated at points, it has reiterated to us the importance of kind of maintaining our friendship first. Even something like that we do all the time that I don't know that we, it's not intentional, but we typically start every meeting that we're supposed to be working <laughs> With about about 50, at least 15 minutes of just, how are you doing? Now, and like, for real, how are you doing? What's been going on? Like, did you wake up today not feeling that great? Like, wherever we are, we start typically by meeting each other there. And, uh, you know, throughout this time, I mean, we've been, able, we've been lucky and blessed to be able to do a lot of things I honestly, frankly, never imagined. And I would not, like, trade any of them for, like, my friendship with Brittany. It just exists for so much longer than any of this stuff has. Yeah. Like we became friends just because we enjoyed spending time together. And that is something that like can't be like replicated. It can't be stolen. And it's something that like on a core level, like a base level that somebody else just can't really mess with. Like our friendship is a central part of the work that we do together. But the reality of our friendship exists far outside of and it has reached far outside of like the work that we do together. I think that's what people enjoy when they are listening to us talk on the show is that like, it's not fake, you know, like everybody has, I hope everybody has, you know, a friend like that. And I think that maybe when they listen to our show, they're reminded of what it's like to talk to that friend. At the end of the day, something that we've always said is that like our friendship is more important than working together. So if working together is going to threaten our friendship, then we can just like do something else. We can work on something else. We both know how to make money at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not the problem. We are going to move into the indulgence segment of the show. The indulgence is the thing that you do without shame that just brings you pleasure and joy. It is not a guilty pleasure. We don't do guilty pleasures here. There's no such thing. So, Brittany, you have an indulgence that I love. I do it myself. What is that indulgence, please, ma'am? So my indulgence is dining solo. I'm always floored when people on social media talk about going out to eat by themselves as if it's this thing. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. Because it's something that I think that anybody can do. But also it's like those sentiments are kind of tinged with like this, like, if only I had the courage or if only I didn't feel so self-conscious. It's so interesting to me because one of my greatest joys about being an adult having my own money is going mm -hmm. out to eat and spending it on like nice food. I think that's great. Yes. Or even at home. Do you know what I'm saying? Being able to buy nice groceries, knowing how to cook a lot better than I did seven to 10 years ago <laughs> and feeding myself something decent. 
I think it's one of life's great joys. And I'm always so confused that people think that in order to enjoy something like that, you have to have somebody with you. It makes me so sad. Just being able to have complete self-directed pleasure is incredible. Or even like, I mean, I think sometimes also when people think about dining solo, they think it has to be like a white tablecloth type situation. But (laughs) one of my great places to dine solo from like seven years ago was the Baja Fresh that was in Times Square. It was like two blocks from my office. (laughs) And they had a $3 margarita. So I would go there I get the $3 margarita. I drink it while I'm waiting for my nachos. I eat the nachos. And then I would actually walk from Times Square back up to Harlem where I live. And then I would do kind of the rest of my nighttime ritual or whatever. But that was like maybe a $10 indulgence. And it wasn't the most glamorous place. The overhead lighting was not especially flattering. But um, it was like, I don't know. It was something that brought me great pleasure and also just allowed me to enjoy my own company. I think that like, Eating is something where you have to kind of be present in in the moment in order to enjoy it. And I think maybe sometimes why some people might feel uncomfortable dining alone is because they might not be ready yet to sort of like be solely within their own company and like really be cognizant of that. I don't know. I just think like life is too short to be waiting for somebody else to get started on enjoying yourself. Yes. And I also think that like you don't need an occasion to celebrate being alive. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I just love being with me. Well, as a part of the middle child mafia, I completely understand where you're coming from. I love going out to eat by myself. I will take my iPad and read on my Kindle app, read a book. And so if there is a couple that's waiting to be seated, they're just going to have to wait. They're just going to have to wait for my solo ass to finish eating and then they will get a table. They will be okay. It's fine. (laughs) Eric, you have a really interesting... <laughs> indulgence. It's uh-huh. Yes, it's very specific. Please tell me about it. So, my indulgence is this hour long melodrama series called A Million Little Things. I've never heard of this. <laughs> I, I don't I don't talk about it to people. So, okay, so a million little things to give you an idea. It's a it's supposed to feel that like this is a type of slot parenthood, you know, those kind of like oh. dramas that are all about like people kind of living today and like the crazy things that happen to us. But it's, to be frank, it's not as good as those shows uh, were. The show is kind of bad. And for what it's worth, I like it because of that. Like they just have these very ridiculous like plot lines. And, you know, you even kind of wonder about like, like what has actually kept them together as friends over all this time. And it's a show that I watch specifically because my reaction to it feels like one it's again just for me uh although i've gotten kind of sucked my wife into hate watching it as well uh so it's just for us in addition to that i can't figure it out so like there are a lot of times where i'm watching something and i've actually had to kind of stop myself from doing this because i will be watching a show and be like oh this is what they're going to do this is going to happen this is going to happen this is going to happen But with a million little things, I can't figure out why they do anything. 
but it is also a kind of a pleasure to watch. You know, like the acting is not, the acting is not necessarily like bad, but it's not necessarily like good. It's just one of those things like I get just enough enjoyment out of it. And again, it's in that space in my brain where I have, I can just sit and watch. I have to meet the show where it's at Mm -hmm. from, (laughs) from like a plot line standpoint. It's like, okay, this person, you know, has like uh, blown up their whole life that they just spent two seasons uh, working to put back together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're about to figure out a new way to fix it. It's soapy, just kind of not necessarily like mess, but just soapy drama, people's lives never quite going at right. That somehow just makes me feel makes me feel good inside. I don't know. Like it, it makes me it, I, like I'm able to hate watch it and walk away just knowing that like, hey, it's not going like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not the one black friend in like this cohort and, and like in Boston. Uh, so yeah, a million little things fits that box for me perfectly. Yeah, I feel that. I feel all of that. Um, where can we find y'all on the internet? Um, you can find For Colored Nerds at For Colored Nerds on Twitter and Instagram and possibly soon TikTok. Oh, TK, yes. we'll see. Um, and you can find me, Brittany, at B-M-L-U-S-E. That's B-M-Loose on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram, but like, I don't really be on there like that. If you want to follow yeah. me, great. But don't come crying to me when you're disappointed because I don't have any content. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at E-Eddings, E-E-D-D-I-N-G-S. Uh, yeah, and I'm also on Instagram as well. But I also don't post as much. You're mostly just going to see pictures of like my kid being silly. <laughs> so that that's pretty much it. But uh, yeah, and also just check out for the show. The show for Color Nerds is available um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, starting November 16th, whoop. our new episodes will be launching. It's nice to be able to say that. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, and we, you know, we'd love to know what folks think. Awesome. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. This, this has been so awesome. Fun. This, has been, this restorative. This was yeah, fun. this was great. Uh, I feel so positive right now. You connected some dots I didn't even think about. Like, I'm going to take this to therapy. Yeah, I'm going to tell my therapist about this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Brandon Grugel. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer-level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, and Elizabeth. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you?